First words out of my wife's mouth to me this morning were, you're not going to do that in the pulpit, are you? Because the first sound she heard from me this morning was, <laughs> yes, I try to be a loving husband. So if uh, I try, thank you, I'll try hard not to give you the today if I can, but I'm, you know, I don't have, I think it's allergies. I think that's what it is, and, and, and that's what I'm claiming and trusting and hoping, and that's what it is. All right, open your Bibles, if you would, to the Old Testament book of Joshua. If you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles in the pew rack. You'll want to open that Bible, turn it to page 178, and the book of Joshua starts on the very next page, which would be page 179, but it doesn't have a page number on it. And so I figured if I told you 179, you'd do like me and you'd flip back and forth, think something's wrong. No. 178, look on the other page, and there's 179, and it's the book of Joshua. I am, uh, y'all might have to throw water on me this morning. I am, this is good stuff. This is very, very good stuff. Now, here's what I understand about good stuff. I can come up and be fired up and preach good stuff, and without the Holy Spirit ministering that good stuff to your spirit, then I'm going to preach what I will consider to be a very good sermon, and you will go home well-rested, having slept for 30 minutes. Don't want that to happen this morning. So I am praying, I am asking the Lord Jesus Christ to minister to your hearts and to my heart this morning, Take, Lord, what we are talking about and apply it to our heart. Strip away any chaff, any extraneous noises that might be going through our heads and let your spirit rest on us this morning. Speak to us, Father. Help us to hear through your ears in Christ's name. Now, to get up to speed, we're talking about, talking about Moses has died and his assistant Joshua was chosen by God to lead 1.2 million Hebrew children from the, from the wilderness across the swollen, flooded uh, Jordan River over into the Promised Land. You remember that Joshua has always been Moses' assistant. Up until now, he's not been portrayed as a great leader. He is every man. He's just one of the gang. And all of a sudden, he's the head man which is in charge. I want you to have in your thought, in your mind, how you would feel in that situation. That you've always been number two, you've always had somebody, if you've ever been promoted to management from being a worker, you know what this feeling feels like. Because you've always been the one that has followed the rules, you did what the boss said, you did what you were supposed to do, you worked as hard as you could to make sure everything was done just right, and then one day they come and tap you on the shoulder and they say, now you're in charge. And you know that you know what to do because you've learned and you've heard and you've done all this stuff, and yet you're in charge now. And I don't know if you felt this way or not, but when I became a manager the first time, my first thought was, when I stood with my team was, what have I done? I have agreed to this. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have a clue. How do I lead people? That's how he felt. That's how Joshua felt at this moment. So God tells him, God comes to Joshua and tells him in a few words, it's time to get moving. Then God tells him what moving's going to look like. And he says, Joshua, 
Everywhere the sole, remember this from last week, everywhere the sole of your foot touches is going to belong to you. And we said the land extended from Syria and Iraq all the way into the Sinai Peninsula, all the way over to the Mediterranean Sea. Can you imagine today if Israel were to go back and reconquer all of that land, what the Middle East would look like and what would happen in the world? But that's what God, that's the land that God promised to them at that time. This is yours, he said. And he told them that, listen, everybody that comes up against you, Joshua, you're going to overpower them. I don't care if it's just somebody that's one of the Hebrews coming up to you, getting in your face, or whether it's an enemy, or whether you're about to conquer somebody, you can't lose. It doesn't matter. No matter what goes on, you cannot lose because I am with you all the time. God tells him you're going to have incredible possessions. You're always going to win. God's always going to be with you. How does it get better than that? How can it possibly get better than that? But to do that, God tells Joshua to be strong and be very courageous. You remember we talked about that. Be strong means to make up your mind to do something. Be strong. Be mentally strong. Make up your mind to do something. Be brave. Be bold. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Get up. Let's go. It's time. Let's move. And then we get to chapter to verse 8. Only be strong and very courageous. Only. First word. Remember words matter. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful you do, all, you do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn it. Uh, do not turn. I'm going to get uh, new glasses. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Now we're going to take this apart a word at a time. And you have two ways of looking at that. A word at a time. Oh, that sounds awful. Or a word at a time. There's good stuff in here. We are digging for gold. And there's gold in these words. He opens a word only. You think about the words that we use all the time in the church. We use them all the time. And we don't think about what they mean. We just use them. We use the word just I'm about to ruin half of your prayer lives how many times do we pray Lord just take care of them we pray Lord just just take care of them and heal them Lord and Lord I just want to tell you that our finances are this way and Lord we just need you to to provide just this thing father and then just in my world just means this is all I want I just want this one thing that's all I want just this one thing but we'll pray and we'll say just 56 times. Throw the word just away. Just throw it away because we're not asking for one thing. We're asking for a whole bunch of things. The word just means this is all I want. That's it. Just this. That's all. So if you say just, 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 you're using a filler word. Throw it away. You don't need it. It don't make you sound holy. It's just get rid of it. Toss it in the garbage. I know I just ruined your day. Sorry about that. Move on. The word only. Do you know what the word only means? Only means solely or exclusively. Solely or exclusively. This means to the exclusion 
of everybody else. She is the only girl for me, to the exclusion of every woman on the face of this planet. There is no other woman. She is the only one for me, the exclusion of everybody else. He is the only man for me. That means when you say that, that to the exclusion of everybody else, anywhere else, any time, any place, to the exclusion of all of them, this is the only person there. Joshua, to the exclusion of everything else in life, to the exclusion of everything, to the exclusion of everything, make up your mind to do this be brave and be bold to the exclusion of everything. What's included in everything? To the exclusion of any worry that's in your mind. Let go of it. To the exclusion of everything that you've ever done wrong. Let go of it. To the exclusion of everything that you have done right. Let go of it. To the exclusion of every person who has ever told you that you were a twerp, a nerd, you were worthless, you were no good, you were stupid, you were an idiot, to the exclusion of anything anybody ever said to you, to the exclusion of anybody that told you that you were the most wonderful person that's ever walked on this earth, that you're the smartest person they know, that you can't do any wrong, to the exclusion of all of that, let it all go. To the exclusion of everything, let it go and make up your mind to do what I said. Be brave and be bold. When Jesus stands at the door and knocks, we believe he does that, right? Scripture says so. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You remember that? When Jesus stands at the door and knocks, he is saying in his knocking, to the exclusion of everything, come and answer the door. Everything that's in your head, everything that can hold you back, everything that could stop you to the exclusion of everything that's out there, you just push it. That's why I keep doing this with my hands. I'm not swimming, folks. I'm saying take it and part the waters, push it all back to the exclusion of everything and say, I am here. I am here and open up the door. Y'all ever watch Family Feud? Y'all know I do. I've gone to Facebook. I have liked the Family Feud. Liked, liked, oh, that sounds good, that's southern. I have liked the Family Feud page in Facebook, and that gives them the privilege of every now and then dropping one of their things on my newsfeed. And this week they dropped one, dropped a little clip of Steve Harvey on my newsfeed. Now on this particular clip, I saw it posted from several people. On this clip, y'all know that when they, whew, y'all know that when they, uh, Film, record, we don't film anything anymore. When we record these shows, they record like five in one day. And at the end of the recording session, Steve Harvey comes out and he talks to the audience. And he talks about whatever he wants to. And on this particular day, Steve Harvey came out and he preached. If you want to see it, you can go to YouTube and YouTube Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey on jumping. And it's in parentheses. It says quantum leap. I've got to tell you this. He uses a four-letter word, starts with D. You won't pass out because you've used it before, so you'll be okay when you hear it. <laughs> but in this sermon that he delivers to everybody, he tells them, he says, 
that every successful person in this world has to jump. Every successful person in this world has to jump. Now, we're going to deal with the word successful in just a minute because it's in this text. But what he was saying to his studio audience and what God was saying to Joshua is exactly the same message. You know what you've been told. You know what you're supposed to believe. I've laid it out in front of you. When it's all said and done, though, Joshua, you have no empirical evidence. You can't put it in a test tube and prove that it's going to happen or not going to happen. You cannot prove it. You have nothing empirical in your hand. But, and for those of you that come to prayer meeting, you know that the truth always comes after the but. But, to be successful as God sees it, you've got to jump in the dark and pray that he catches you. That's what you've got to do. You've got to take that jump in the dark. Joshua, to the exclusion of any thought you or anyone might put in your head. Do you hear what I'm saying? To the exclusion of any thought that anyone or even yourself may have put into your head, make up your mind to do this thing. You be brave and be bold. Jump, Joshua. Be full of fear and doubt. It doesn't matter. Jump. We are all called on to jump. Steve Harvey said so, and he was quoting God. Jump. But now that begs a question. What does it look like? What do we see? What do we do? Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Be careful. Careful here means to pay attention. My family and I went to California. I've told y'all about that before. We went to California several years back for a vacation. We took the whole Jones clan, Myrtle and Ray, Stephen, Alan, Michelle, Nate, me and Renee, and Anna, Ben, and Luke. All of us went. We flew in. It's a long story. It's a great, gory, horrible detail to tell you how we got there. I'll relay that to you one day when it's pertinent. But we get there. We rented two vans, and off we went to see California. Now, all you old folks, you young people don't have a clue what I'm talking about. All you old people remember, remember Disney's Wide World of Color came on Sunday nights, which means I wasn't in church. And see, I didn't die and go to hell. Just saying. Disney's Wide World of Color. They always did these nature things. I love nature things and they always had the sequoia national forest and i wanted to go see the sequoia trees so we went and put that as one of our stops on our like we took a thousand stops in 10 days we got to see everything for about 10 minutes and then had to leave but i got to see them but to get to the trees you had to drive up to the trees california's got an interesting topography it starts out real flat and then all of a sudden it goes straight up and so you had to go straight up to get here. Now remember, these roads were cut back when cars weren't quite as big as they are now. And, and, and they didn't have all the stuff that we've got now. So the road was about this wide. And you had to get two cars on a road about that wide. And then on the outside of it, they didn't have a guardrail. What they had on the outside was a little rock wall that looked like it was about that wide and about that tall and looked sturdy enough that if a skateboard hit it, it would have crumbled and you would have gone over the edge. Now, when you looked over the edge as you're going up this mountain, I guarantee you it was 10, 15, 20,000 feet high, it looked like to me. 
that if I went over this edge, I'm going to free fall for an hour and a half knowing I'm going to die when I hit the ground. Got to help you understand I'm terrified of heights. I'm terrified of heights. Some of you people ought to, too. We had two people fall off ladders this week. One broke one arm in two places. The other one got 27 staples in her leg. That's the reason to stay off the ladders. To get on a six-foot ladder, I have to work up a lot of courage to climb up this thing, and I am... Dr- I ain't kidding you. I'm telling you. No, I'll do it. I'll climb the ladder. I'll do whatever I've got to do, but you will see me standing there going... And then I'll climb because that's making my mind up. I'm going to climb up this ladder. Some of you are going, that's silly. I tell you what, come watch me. I'm terrified. So we're going up this mountain. We're going up this mountain, and you can look over, and you can see death staring you in the face. When I went to school, they called it the Smith system of driving. You put your left hand at 10 o'clock. You put your right hand at 2 o'clock. You look straight ahead. And that's what I did. I did not violate a single traffic law. If it said go two and a half miles an hour, I would have gone two and a half miles an hour up that hill just like this, following the car behind me. I did not look. Look at that pretty scenery. Mm, look at that. Mm, look at that. Mm. And I looked straight ahead. And when it come time to turn, I would turn. And then this hand would grab. And then this hand would grab. And you know how when the car straightens itself back up, you'll let go and just sort of let it slide? Oh, no. I'm moving that bad boy like this. We're going to make sure we are not going to die. That's what it means to pay careful attention. And that's what he's talking about here. To pay careful attention, excruciatingly close attention to what you're doing. Jehovah God tells Joshua, pay extremely close attention to do all according to the law. Even if on the surface it doesn't make sense to you, even if it's going to be hard, even if it's going to draw a little bit of strange attention to yourself, make sure you do everything according to the law. And there's a little implication in this too. It's not said out loud, but it's implied that Joshua, you don't need to worry about me enough with some situation that you're going to need a new law for. You're not. Everything's covered. You got everything you need. You don't need anything else. You don't have to worry about, well, what if, what if? Mm -mm. You got everything you need. Now, when we think of the law, we think of the Ten Commandments. Right? We think of the Ten Commandments. Joshua didn't hear God say that. What Joshua heard God say was, <clears throat> Ten Commandments is part of that, but that the sacrifices, they're going to have to be sacrifices that are going to be made at certain times and certain events. Because God knew right up front, right off the bat, before anything else happened, God knew that we cannot keep the law. It is impossible for us to do anything to make ourselves righteous. So he's laid the law out in front, knowing full well that we're going to mess it up. So he put provision in the law for those sacrifices to take place so that their sins could be, could be covered. And because we do fall short, there will always have to be a sacrifice for our sins. Always someone or something that has to take the fair and just punishment that each one of us deserve for not living up to God's perfect ideal. He knows that. And God tells him to make sure that you pay attention to that. You pay attention to it all. Don't think that you can make yourself perfect, Joshua, because you can't. Because the purpose of the law is to make you know that you can't. 
The purpose of the sacrifice is to make you know that you can only rely on one person, and that's me. I'm the one that's going to make you righteous. I'm the one that's going to make you holy. Don't think you're going to do this on your own. You're going to do it with my help. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left. Don't swerve. I'm telling you, you can ask Renee. When we came down off that, that mountain, if there was a yellow line in the middle, I was on this side of that yellow line. I didn't swerve this way or that way. You know how sometimes if you go down to our house where we live and you come down Phillips, there's this section that just sort of loops like this. It's just right that if nobody's coming, I can go straight right down the middle of it. I mean, why do all of this stuff? There's no car coming. I just go straight. That'd sort of be like swerving to the left or right. He's saying here, uh-uh, no. Don't swerve straight and narrow like you might crash off a mountain if you turn to admire the scenery. And he says, do this. Pay attention that you may have good success wherever you go. Good success. I like that. Pay extremely close attention to do everything you do according to the law of God, working hard not to swerve to the left or the right, to the result that you may be successful every time, every place, no matter what, successful. That's what we all want, isn't it? We all want to be successful. You can't get much plainer than that. But now, what is the success that God guarantees? Here's where it gets a little different from what we've been brought to believe. Success is gaining insight, understanding. It is acting wisely. It is acting prudently. All of that's in this word success. Gaining insight, understanding, acting wisely, acting prudently. Success is a cumulative force of all that tied together to the result that you win. To put it in one sentence real simple and clean, success is understanding how to live life. See, we have this idea that success is hitting a mark somewhere. God's success is, is understanding how to live life because he understands that if we know how to live life, if we know how to live life, then all this other stuff will come along. Money's going to come, car's going to come, house's going to come. Whatever we need, they'll be there in the proportion that we finally understand that we need it because we've learned to live life. Some of you have this verse triggering in your head right now. Jesus said what? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness... And all these things will be added to you. A thousand years before Jesus ever came, God's telling Joshua that same thing. Your success is to know how to live life. And as you know how to live life, all this other junk's going to come. Don't worry about it. Now, Joshua, here's what you need to do so you can take that leap and do what I'm calling you to in verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. We like that word, prosperous. And then you will have good success. There's success again. Now talk about misunderstanding something here. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That's what we're all afraid of, right? We think that when we answer the knock, that when we, when we focus our mind and push everything away and God's knocking at the door and we answer the knock 
and we go to the door that he's going to turn us into what we called back in my day a Jesus freak. That every other word is going to be praise Jesus. Or every third word is going to be hallelujah. I can just hear uh, Jimmy Wynn who broke his arm in two places when he fell off the ladder this week going to the doctor going praise Jesus I was up on that ladder hallelujah. Y'all have heard people to do this. And I fell off, I got on top of it, and I don't know what happened. I don't think it was quite right, hallelujah, but praise Jesus, it fell sideways. And I didn't land on it, hallelujah, but I landed beside it and landed on my arm, and it broke it in two places, hallelujah, praise Jesus. And I just want you to know, hallelujah, I got this doctor at the ER, and praise Jesus, he knew exactly what to do. I only screamed three times, hallelujah, when he was pulling on that sucker. But he finally got it into place, and he put something around it, hallelujah, and praise Jesus, I'll be healed in six or eight weeks, hallelujah, unless I get gangrene or something (laughs) y'all heard it and y'all are afraid of that's what God wants you to be and you know I'm not kidding we think that when we follow Jesus that we're going to be this kind of person that's going to walk around talking crazy talk all the time I called that crazy talk I need to walk that one back be walking around saying crazy talk all the time (laughs) that that's the way we'll talk and that's the way we're going to sound and nothing could be further from the truth. When he says the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, he means that every word you say, every command you give, every piece of advice you give, every bit of encouragement that you give, everything that comes out of your mouth is measured against and meets the standard of the word of God. That's what it means. So what that means is, is that you're not going to lie because the Word of God says that we don't lie. And what that says is, is that we're going to honor that the words coming out of our mouth are going to honor our spouses because he tells us to do that. And, he's gonna, and, and he tells us that we're not going to walk up to somebody and tell them that they are worthless and they've got no place to live in this world because the Scripture says that when we call somebody worthless, that's the same thing as murdering them. Read the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus lays that out, well, in red and white, if that's your Bible. It's as plain as it can be. It means that you don't tell people to do something that's not godly. It means that we don't play favorites. It means that we're just and we're fair. It means that every word from our mouth honors God. I like that. I like that a lot. Hallelujah, praise Jesus. I do. But you shall meditate on it day or night. Do y'all know what meditate means? Meditate does not mean om. You know what meditate means? Are you ready? This is good. It means talk to yourself. That's what the word means. Talk to yourself. So all you people that have made smart comments about me talking to myself, mm -hmm, I was meditating. That's right. I was meditating. That's what this means. Talk to yourself. Listen to what God is telling Joshua. He says, Joshua, lots of people, lots of people, tell me this is not true. Lots of people are going to be saying lots of things to you. Lots of negative whispers are going to be going into your ear. Your choice is to listen to them or to listen to my words of truth. All the time, Joshua, all of the time, you be reminded of my great love for you. You are in my hand. Tell yourself that over and over and over again. 
When you hear somebody tell you that you are worthless, you remember that I said that I am with you always and nobody can come against you. When you have somebody tell you that you are the smartest, best person that's ever been and you can do no wrong, you remember that I said that I am the one that's going to win through you and that you're walking with me, that I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. You remind yourself, Joshua, so that in every moment of every day, no matter what comes your way, that it's me and you, bub. It's me and you in everything that we do. When you do this, Joshua, you will not do crazy, ungodly things because you're reacting to the snakes that whisper in your ear. You won't be doing that. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Prosperous. Prosperous. What's the word prosperous? Prosperous means riches and wealth, right? We all want to be prosperous. You know, I want my 401k to have seven, eight. It'd be nice to have nine numbers across there. A couple of little uh, commas with a decimal at the end and two little zeros on the, yeah, I had to think about it. You know, it wouldn't come to me. Wouldn't that be sweet? Have that kind of prosperity? But he's not talking about that kind of prosperous. You know what prosperous means in the context of this, of this scripture? It means to finish well. It means to finish well. Lots of folks, lots of Christian folks are blinded to the truth and we believe that the one with the most toys when we die wins. Let me tell you, when you die and you leave all your toys behind, all that does is set your kids up to fight. Life is not a competition for trophies. It's not a competition for money. It's not a competition for power. It's not a competition for wins, but to finish well with good success. Remember what good success is. Good success means that you understand how to live life. So you live your life in such a way that you finish well. Finish well might be something as, simply, as simple as sitting beside the bedside holding the withered hand of the spouse that you have loved all of your life holding the hand of your mama or your daddy as they go meet Jesus. Or maybe even your child. Living life right, finishing well is what he's talking about. To finish well with good success. What God is instructing Joshua for isn't simply preparing him to be a good leader or a great leader. He's preparing him to be a great man, to be a person who loves the Lord, who saved them, who seeks the Lord that loves them, who believes that the words of the Lord are true and trustworthy. My prayer is, I've been praying it all week, that in somebody's hearts right now, in some of our hearts, there's a stirring, a sense of longing, a hunger, because you know that what we're talking about is true. But you know all of your life that you have tried with all of your might to be that good Christian, to do what everybody says I'm supposed to. And every time I've done it wrong, or I've done it wrong so many times before I became a Christian, 
that I will never, I can never, I won't. Listen, what does God say? Steve Harvey, push it aside and jump. Push all of that aside. That's what God's calling us to do. Push all of that aside. All of your life you've been told that you were a sinner and that when you were saved, that you were, you were told that you were a sinner saved by grace, which is only half true. The second half is you are a new creation who lives with God in a brand new way. You're no longer an object of wrath. He's not looking to get you. You're not going to die and go to hell when you die. You are a child who can live free from the fear of doing it wrong. How many of us live every day afraid we're not going to do what God wants us to do when God says in Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Quit being afraid. Quit worrying. Quit leaning back and going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know. You do know what to do. He told you what to do. Learn the best you can. Live the best you can. And trust him enough that when you get out of line, he will snatch you back into it. Because he's God and he can do that. What is this sermon all about? God has a purpose for your life just like he did for Joshua. And God wants you to live your life without worry and concern and the fear of doing it wrong. The way you do that is the same way that the Lord told Joshua. Trust what Jesus says to be true. Learn what the word says so you know what the truth is. Repeat it to yourself over and over and over again. Seek to know the best you can and quit worrying about the rules and start following Jesus. And that's it. And then when you do that, stay awake and watch and look around yourself. Because he lives in you. And you're going to find yourselves doing things that you didn't plan on doing and you didn't know you could do. And when you do it, you're going to see people around you respond to that in ways you never expected them to. And you're going to lean back and go, this is craziness. And your faith will be increased. God, increase my faith. Here's the magic formula. And your faith is increased and then you're closer to him and then you repeat more to yourself and then it's just a cycle that keeps growing and keeps growing and keeps growing because see you'll learn how to live life and when it comes to the end you'll finish well and it don't get no better than that and father I pray this morning Lord lots of words spoken very quickly On the one hand, Father, I wish I was one of those preachers that could wrap everything up in 20 minutes and have my points and be done with it, but probably some folks in here wish that as well. Can't do it. Your word has so much in it. And Father, I've watched all of my life as we all, myself included, have lived in bondage, worried, are we doing the right thing? It's almost that you're at a point of telling us to, to shut up. Get in my lap, child. All I want you to do is your best. I'll take care of the rest. Help us, help us, help us to hear it. And then help us to only be strong and courageous.
please Jesus. There are folks in here that are fighting demons that are beyond our belief and comprehension. And yet they're demons. It's like the song that Liesl sang. You are over everything. And I adore you because there's nothing that can stand against you. Oh, Father, speak to our heart this morning. Speak to our heart. In Christ's name. I invite you this morning, if Jesus is speaking to you, telling you to accept him as your Savior, then do that. I invite you to come forward and tell me and be baptized. If you are a person this morning that you have lived all your life in bondage, you feel like God's holding you back. I mean, like you've held yourself back. God will set you free. Look back at me. God will set you free. I ask you this morning to pray in your seat if you want to, or pray at this altar. Take the hand of your spouse and pray, or the person sitting beside you and pray if you need to. Accept the freedom that Christ offers you. Be bold this morning. Make up your mind to do it. And then what you know of God, you trust, and give him as much of yourself as you know how. And watch what he does. If you want to join the church, you can do that. If you want to sing, you can do that. But you've got three minutes.